0: But for Rangers journalism fit for the 21st century. Look no further than the Rangers Review, a new website charting every step of the club's continuing journey via a proudly digital platform. From big interviews, features and documentary podcasts to in-depth tactical analysis brought to you through our partnership with market leaders Statsbomb we'll be bringing you the type of journalism the club you love deserves. Subscribe today for a pound a month for six months with our brilliant opening offer at rangersreview.co.uk. The coverage you demand on every platform, every day. The Old Firm Derby has enthralled and captivated generations as a close contest of equals where form goes out the window and either side can stake a claim for glory. This equilibrium was shattered when a financial cataclysm sent Rangers tumbling down to Scotland's bottom tier, breaking more than a century of direct rivalry. Over their four-year journey as a lower league side, they drew old rivals Celtic twice in cup competitions. The first match in 2015 was a non-event and an easy 2-0 win where the side from Glasgow's East End didn't have to get out of first gear.
1: Rangers in Truth didn't test Craig Gordon. They couldn't test the Celtic defence. Many thought that this would be an annihilation today. It didn't turn out that way. Celtic took their foot off the gas in the second half.
0: It was a shambolic, lifeless performance where the team didn't lay a glove, reflective of a club in a deep malaise. The second, a year later and under new ownership, in the Scottish Cup semi final, was an altogether different affair. Rangers, managed by Englishman Mark Warburton and club legend Davey Weir, weren't planning for another meek surrender. Rather, they had built a side with the quality to outrun, outfight, and ultimately outplay their rivals in the biggest domestic match in years. In doing so, after a game of immense drama, they created history never likely to be repeated and progressed to the final despite their status as Championship underdogs against Premiership champions. It was an afternoon of high drama and emotion on a day few who witnessed it will likely forget. This is the story of perhaps the most unlikely Derby win in the history of the old firm.
2: But I knew they had a good team. They were top of the Premier League for a reason. They were the best team in Scotland at the time, a squad packed with international players.
0: Mark Warburton was the Rangers' manager.
2: So, you know, nine times out of ten, they would win that game of football. But we were prepared very well for it. You You have to respect every opponent, Johnny. You always do. In every game, you prepare well for them. But there's a danger where that can be overplayed. So, yes, we had to prepare. We knew about E Bowling 4. We knew about Griffiths. We knew about Svitchenko and Roberts. What we had to do was make sure we imposed ourselves on the game. And, and that was more of a mindset. We knew we were good enough to to rise to the occasion. You know, young players like Don Ball and Gedin Zalalam, you know, young Barry Mackay, you look at the players, Holty, Andy Halliday, young guys coming in. Where's Fodringham? No idea. Tavernier, never experienced it before. So all of these young players, it was a new experience. People like Rob Keane and Danny Wilson, no experience of old firm. It was only Kenny and Lee, Lee Wallace who were outstanding, the pair of them.
0: Rangers legend Davey Weir was the assistant that day.
3: You can't explain an old firm game. You know, it's it's all about experience and it's all about getting used to the environment and coping with it and, and all the things that go round about it. So... You know, the best way of learning is by doing it and going through it. And as you said, Rangers hadn't really been in that situation for, for a long time.
1: A lot of these guys, um, within the week coming up to it, they probably didn't realise how big that game was until it actually hit them.
0: Cammie Bell was in the Ibrox squad that day as backup to number one goalkeeper Wes Fodringham.
1: Because I remember speaking to to, to Tav about it, and again, it was his sort of first experience, first taste of an old from derby. People didn't realise how big it was in Scottish football if they were the English guys.
3: That can be a positive thing because there was no fear. There was no worry about recriminations or, you know, what could go wrong. We were very much the underdogs, which helps. The pressure was off us. The pressure was on Celtic. We had nothing to lose,
0: really. So I think that was... that aided the confidence. There was an unmistakable sense in the media coverage running up to the match that Rangers were set for another comprehensive defeat... With former Celtic players especially confident. This was something that oct Warburton, who used some of their colourful commentary as a motivational tool.
2: Do you remember some of the reports, Johnny, the week before the game, this could be ten, said a famous ex Celtic player. You know, this could be double figures, said another one, you know, five by half time. And there's a number of derogatory comments which we just discreetly stuck around the changing room. But that was the
1: that was a mentality of many, many people. I remember it being pinned up. And again, it was just extra fuel for us to, to say, look, people are absolutely writing us off. There's, there seems to be no pressure because everyone's expecting Celtic to beat us. Um, so again, quietly confident were the players in the changing room, knowing that the pressure's on Celtic. In their changing room, they'll be feeling the heat. I would say they probably underestimated us a little bit and probably didn't give us enough respect because we had some very, very good players who obviously shouldn't have been playing in that league, but also we were we were playing well, we were winning games, we had confidence, and again, we had a manager who breeded that confidence in us on the day and made sure that we all knew that we could absolutely go out there, perform and win the game.
4: I think for a lot of Rangers supporters that day, it was the first that we sort of felt that we were on the way back properly, as opposed to making our way through these divisions slowly while hating everything that
0: was going on at the club. David Edgar is a lifelong blue-nose and the man behind successful Rangers podcast, Heart in Hand.
4: This was the first time, I think, that we felt, you know, that, that this is us getting back to being Rangers again. And we liked the team and we liked the manager and we felt we can give them a game, we, we will give them a shot. And it grew because Rangers start, fantastically in this game and from that you could sort of sense a little bit of fear creeping in at their end because as I said they, they've got nothing really to gain here unusually in an old firm match they, they, they don't have a lot to gain they have a lot to lose
0: that day One of the slight curiosities surrounding the game is that Rangers only named five substitutes too short of the amount allowed The Ibrox club operated a tight squad at that time and had suffered injuries to key players Martin Waghorn and Harry Forrester which left them stretched. A report at the time suggested that in naming just five out of seven, Warburton was perhaps sending a message to his board.
2: That was every fit player available. We couldn't. We couldn't play the likes of Walshy, the lone players who had come back. So young Liam Burt was named literally. I couldn't put four subs on the bench, so that was every available player with any you know being training with the first team so there's no point being made Johnny it was
0: simply that's what we had Rangers started that day with Wes Fodringham in goal James Tavernier at right back Lee Wallace at left back Rob Kiernan at centre half alongside Danny Wilson in midfield Dominic Ball anchored with Jason Holt and Andy Halliday in front while further forward Barry Mackay and Dean Shields were the inverted wingers with Kenny Miller leading the line the five aforementioned subs were Cami Bell Nicky Law Gideon Zalalem, Nicky Clark, and Liam Burt. If Rangers were down to the bare bones, it didn't affect them in the opening exchanges. Quickly, they began to establish dominance, stroking the ball about with abandon and leaving their opponents chasing shadows. From the first, first minute of the game, I
2: thought we looked in control of the football. We moved it well, we played out from the back, we wanted to put Lee Wallace very, very high on their right-hand side, and they had more of a defensive presence with Dean on the right side to counteract Tierney. And, uh, and it, we were pleased with that as well. So, yeah, it, it was a case that we started the game really, really well and continued from there. Celtic were a quality team, but I think we went toe-to-toe. We wanted to dominate the
5: ball, and I think because it was Celtic, I didn't think there, we didn't feel as if there was any need to change the way we played.
0: Northern Ireland international Dean Shields started that day on the right wing. Some teams obviously play
5: against Celtic at that time, and and would have adjusted their tactics. But I think we we just went to try and dominate the ball, and um, I think it took Celtic by surprise. I think Celtic were were expecting a different approach from us. The frustration started to gather into their play when when they when they couldn't get get a hold of the ball. I
4: turned down to, to my pal about ten minutes in. And I remember really excitedly sort of grabbing him by the arm. You know, Jamie Carragher Thierry and Andreustal. And said, uh, "We we can do this. Dude. We can do." And he's like, "I know, I know." You could see that the Celtic players weren't, for whatever reason, weren't as fit as our guys. Pretty quickly, you could see that, and
0: you could see that the Rangers team was was really up for it. In the 16th minute, Rangers made the crucial breakthrough. Here's how the moment played out on Sky Sports.
3: you know, the way we were playing was trying to have the majority of the ball, try and build possession from the back, trying to, there was an element of risk to it, but we believed in the players and we believed in the method. And when you see the players executing that on that stage, under that pressure, then that gives you great comfort that, you know, that the game plan was on. And you could see that during the game and, you know, getting the goal obviously helps, but we knew we were playing against a good team. So there was going to be, Times within the game when Celtic were going to have chances and the majority of time these old firm games, you've seen it recently, they turn on little moments and missed chances or, or taken chances and you know we knew, knew there had to be a lot
0: right going our way to win the game. And Davy isn't exaggerating. Rangers rode their luck at times, and none more so than in the thirty-third minute, when Lee Griffiths' low shot rebounded off the post and dropped tantalisingly in front of Patrick Roberts, seven yards out with the goal gaping.
1: It's off the post! Oh, it's to the
3: line! Roberts with an incredible miss!
1: How on earth did he do that? Again, it was, it was one of them ones that you're, you're, you're looking at and you're thinking, he's obviously he's got to score.
2: He did, I, mean, I was right behind it. If you look at the angle of his approach and where I was standing, I was then, I actually turned. I thought that was it. He's just going to roll it in with his left foot. It was an open, literally, was the open goal. They're the moments. I and mean, when people talk about the randomness of football, Johnny, they're the moments where you know, be it a, a bad referee's call, a penalty given, not a goal kick, whatever that call may be. That was one of those moments that you look back and go, "Had they scored, then take a wind out of the sails, etc." But he missed it. I think that was a big blow for
5: them. Really, they were starting to creep in. The more time went on, that obviously they had to. They had to go for it a little bit with being behind and um, and then I, I think that the miss from Roberts was, not, was it's, it's one of the worst you'll see, to be honest.
0: While Celtic had their chances, Rangers retained a grip on the game with a tight structure and excellent ball possession. As a half drew to a close, the underdogs went in a goal to the good and looking more than comfortable. I've always said this about
4: this game, it's the biggest... Old Firm victory ever, and people have asked me about that. And you know, I've got several others that are ahead of it in my list of favourites. And I'm sure that Celtic supporters could name you half a dozen, you know, off the top of their head that they loved. But never again will you ever see a lower division Old Firm team beat a higher division. So, definitively, it's just unarguably, it's the biggest win because of where the sides were. And Celtic knew that, and it was like this was sort of sword of Damocles hanging over them. That you know, this is the worst thing that could happen to us. Because no matter what they've been doing domestically, they were going to win the league, right? They knew that. And I, I think you could—it was almost like you know when you see a poll go up and down, a live poll. You could see the confidence sort of ebb and it, it being replaced by worry at the Celtic end, and then the Rangers end. You could see this hope almost grow into belief. And, as the game went on, there was just this feeling of whatever happens, they're not going to run away with us. The Celtic are not going to suddenly up again and, and dominate this. Rangers can compete.
5: I think they were unorganised. They didn't know what they were doing, really, at the time. Um, especially when we hit the ball and um, when we kept it quite well, they didn't really
0: know how to get it back. Celtic started the second half with a lot more purpose. Manager Ronnie Dial had clearly lit a fire under his men, and there was a focus to their play in targeting one of their opponents' weaknesses. Set plays. There was a feeling of inevitability when, after a fourth corner on the spin, Eric Sviatchenko powered home an equaliser.
2: But they had physicality, Johnny. You know, so if you look at our team, obviously um, you've got Lee, you've got Rob, you've got Danny, um, Tab strong in the air, but you know, good good athlete. But then you look at Halti. And you look at um, Andy Halliday, and you look at Barry Mackay, etc. Uh, Kenny for you know fantastic pro, but but five ten, etc. So we knew they had the likes of Biton and, and Tchenco, and they had a real threat. So we had to match it. But any team quality delivery from a wide area, you know, and you got someone attacking the ball. They always talk about Stephen Gerrard delivering to John Terry. So how hard to defend it? And it is. So we knew that was a threat. We knew set pieces were dangerous. Uh, and they came out after half-time, going back to your actual statement, they obviously, uh, they had a, you know, they knew from that first half that we were by far the better team. They knew that if they st- played the same, we'd win the game of football. So we knew a half-time response was going to come. Um, what we had to do was, was ride that storm, deal with it, take care of the football, and then emerge stronger for
0: it. And again, I think after that equaliser, we rode the storm. Celtic, with a renewed spring in their step, came roaring back into the game. But one man who stood tall was 20-year-old Dominic Ball. Nominally a centre-half, the on-loan Spurs kid excelled at the base of the midfield, charging into tackles and diligently covering his teammates with a tactical nous that belied his tender years.
3: He was the anchor of the team, you know, in terms of... He he would be trying to get us started as well, you know, so he had to be the out-ball for the centre-backs, for the goalkeeper, for... You know for different players within the team. So he had to kind of anchor the centre of that pitch and provide us with defensive stability in terms of when the fullbacks go forward, which our fullbacks did, when the centre backs step in. So he had to have like a real strong game understanding in terms of what was required at that moment, as well as having the ability with the ball to take it and get us started playing as well. So there's a big responsibility on that position to um within the the way our team played to actually be tactically aware and, and understand where the game was.
2: I thought it was outstanding that day. Dom was the key. You know, on a, on a few occasions when Tav ordered forward and they broke down that right side, he got across and he, he got the ball. Rob Keenan was very, very good. That day, I think Dom really grew up as a footballer. I'm saying that in a very nice way. You know, he, he grew up because he, he was he was posed with a lot of challenges, a lot of questions and demands that day. And he met every single one of them, Johnny. I don't think he had played there
5: much. I think it was quite a surprise that he went in there. But no, he... he um... He really um, revelled in that in that position that day and, and, and we, everything went through him. And now he was exceptional. Again, he was a confident boy. He came brought up from, um, from Spurs. And, and um, no, he, he was superb that day. I think he, he deserves a lot of credit. Obviously, um, there was great individual performances out the team, Kenny getting the goal and, and Barry McKay's goal too.
0: Ah, yes. Barry McKay. How could we forget him? With the 90 minutes petering out as a draw... Extra time was now upon us, and that was where the winger made his historic impact. I ask him how he did it.
6: (sighs) Probably for that distance you just had (laughs) no.
0: We're getting ahead of ourselves though. Mackay's story is an interesting one, and worth backtracking for. After breaking into the scene as a kid under Ally McCoist in League 2, his career had stagnated. Nobody imagined that he would play a part under new boss Warburton, and he was set for the chop. And told that is the one that I saw him take part in a
2: training drill. It wasn't even twenty minutes, it was ten. And I'm saying that very honestly, we had nine players in the first session. I think the chairman had, had removed I think thirteen players left the club, Johnny. I, I think that, that's right up the number. And we literally had nine. And we after a couple to come over, and I was told to send over a boy, had been out on loan to Wraith, I think it was. But I think we went out to Wraith. I was told that nowhere near the level. And we did a technical a ball familiarity drill, passing drill. And we're looking, and I'm looking at David Weir, and David Weir's looking at me, and we're both going, "Hang on a second. And he was outstanding, and I just think he needed that confidence and that, uh, you know, that reassurance and that belief. And it, it wouldn't happen in one, one or two sessions, of course not. But he was an outstanding player. I think Barry's got, had, he has got so much ability, and for a number of reasons, some players don't realise it. He's still, I don't know how old Barry is, you know, he's, he's still got good years ahead of him. But what a talent, Johnny. You know, two feet movement, the way he glides with the ball, his first touch. Scotland produced an outstanding player
0: there in Barry Mackay. And if Warburton liked Barry, the feeling was definitely mutual.
6: For what I've always been, I'm I'm a dribbler, like I enjoy having the ball. I'm better with the ball than what I am without it. That position in the pitch when you're when you're that high up, you've you've got especially under Warburton we had that freedom to to go and express herself, and if you lost the ball, you got it back, and and that's the way that he worked it. He didn't put any reins on you. It was oh, you've made a mistake. There's another mistake. You're coming off anything like that. It was it was never that case. It was he could see exactly what you were trying, and he would probably get on you more if you weren't trying stuff. If you were just playing safe, and that's one of the, the things I really like wanting room for.
0: Okay, time to talk about that
2: goal. I, I'd say about games having everything. But that, for me, summed it up, you know, his, his balance. There was a little bit of consternation, if you remember, about the throw. First of all, in front of Ronnie Dyler And there's a little bit going on there. There's a loss of concentration.
6: When you see the replays, it probably was a throw-in, but it went, it went in our favour. And it, ha- it happens in every game that you don't always get the right decision. And it kind of settled for a couple of seconds before we actually took the throw-in. So it, it was just a case of just getting on there. and. When I, when I pack up the ball, I still,
2: I've still got players players around me that I'd obviously try to get the ball back. Barry showed great balance. He cut back onto his right side. I'm not sure that he's at distance, Johnny, but you won't see a sweeter strike. You know, he gets the ball and he sets off, and he's a long, long way out, and I did my usual thing of, don't, you know,
4: like, in the back of my mind, too far off, Jesus. And it was one of those ones that, as soon as he had it, you thought, that's got a chance. Here's McKay.
3: Harry Mackay! That is spectacular! Rangers hit the front again! One foot in the final! And they're on the
2: brink of a notable a victory We're right behind it. I had Patrick Roberts to the left earlier in the game. I'm right behind it and that arrow went straight in the top corner. I
6: was really close with Temple then. And uh, I, I, never, I never usually shoot. And he used to get on at me all the time, like you need to shoot more, you need to get more goals and whatever. And then obviously I, I scored that goal, and it was like, see, I told you, I should just start coaching you know. Like it was it was surreal, like, you, like obviously you can tell by the celeb- I didn't know how to celebrate. I had all my family, my mates and all that, and and the crowd. They told me they were all jumping about. One of my mates was glasses, broke his glasses, and as I said, I, I didn't know how to react because it's. You're just so caught up in the moment
5: that, that you don't really know what's going on when he hit it I think it just stayed hit and it was pure I was right obviously we were in a dugout at the time and it was um, it was a great feeling
1: for us for that to go in I think it is unsavable I think it was an, an unbelievable strike I, I think the pace behind the ball was phenomenal it, obviously the direction where it went and finished in the, in the top corner again but just the pace that you generated on the, on the strike I think ended up beating any goalkeeper in it and when that went in the back in it we'd probably all looked at each other and thought you know what this this will be our day i think and then it's just bedlam because you've seen a special goal and that's always exciting
4: anyway but then you've seen a special goal from a young player which adds to it but in this context in this match and i think as well that for us there was a feeling of when they equalized the first time maybe we've shot our boat you know, maybe that was the opportunity gone and they'll just go on and ease. And I think that in any situation when you can flip the script a little bit, when you can actually say this is not going to transpire the way that everyone thinks it's going to transpire, you get the you get the confidence and you you begin to kinda get a belief. A kid trying that in a game of that of that nature, up against a very good goalkeeper, what an enemy. And it really is one of the classic uh, Rangers goals I must admit to thinking that would be the winner because I thought that it, you know romantically I thought no that that would be the winner and of course when it transpired not to be
0: there's a, a bit of disappointment it kind of deserves to be Tom Rogic's equaliser meant the tie would go to the relative lottery of penalties Celtic's performance against a rival they were expected to pulverise meant they were in a difficult situation they would be criticised win or lose it would just be a matter of of levels of ferocity. For Rangers, the opposite was true, but that's not how it felt to those in the thick of the action.
2: I think the, the fact was the players had um, met the challenge. You know, the challenge was go toe to toe with Celtic. So the boys had met the challenge and they showed how good they could be for the 90 minutes and into extra time. So yes, that box had been ticked, but it's still win in the results industry and it was still read. Celtic have won the semi-final and go on to win the cup final, etc., had we not completed the job. We'd done enough to be
1: OK. We'd done enough to, for the, as you say, the fans to, to say, great, we, we got to a penalty shoot, But that, that's not enough for, for Rangers players. For me, um, it's all about winning winning games of football. And whether that's in the 90 minutes or through a penalty shoot, you must you must do that. We all backed each other. We all knew that we will there to support each other and, and take each other through to make sure we got that result that we needed.
0: David Edgar sums up the ethos of the club succinctly.
1: We don't really do moral victories
4: at Rangers, you know, we'd rather have a
0: real one. Another hero of the game was 19-year-old Gideon Zalalem. An 88th minute substitute, the Arsenal loanee showcased his metronomic ability in ball circulation at the base of the midfield and helped Rangers maintain their keep-ball approach. But it was his ice-in-the-veins penalty and gallus-finger-to-the-lips celebration in front of the Celtic fans that lives longest in the memory.
3: 19-year-old Gideon Zalane on loan from Arsenal. Zalane with an
0: excellent kick and Celtic once again have to score. Lustic a will be.
3: You know, as we spoke about earlier, that was the nature of that team. There, there wasn't any fear. then, and, and he was another example of that. I mean, he was a sub kid and he came on, you know, he wasn't, a, he hadn't had a big part in the game, but he had to play a part in terms of allowing us to go through and the confidence he he gave to the group by, first of all, taking the penalty and how he handled that. And then his reaction afterwards was, again, was another aspect of um, the game that went our favour. And, you know, the, the lads showed with things like that, that they weren't feeling the pressure, they were confident in themselves and, and they believed in what we were doing. And, and that was another good example of that.
2: And I remember being on the sideline and so many things go through your head. But I can honestly remember, I'm thinking, I'm sticking a young low knee to take a penalty in front of the Celtic fans. And I, in my head, it was number seven. I don't know why. And I'm going, and he's number seven. And I'm, I'm looking, going, what, what am I doing to him? Because you think if he misses that one then, because I was thinking then, 18 years of age, I wonder what Arsenal are going to think. Here we are, taking one of their young talents, sticking, obviously, it's the opposite, Johnny. It's a great learning curve. What a fantastic learning experience for any young player. But he, he slotted it away. His technique was outstanding. And then there's the, you know, I'm saying the ball was to go to the Celtic fans and give it the, uh, the finger, which was magnificent for him. And I was, he really enjoyed that. I spoke to him afterwards. Oh, kids, he was such a laid-back character.
5: He was like, nothing often fazed him. He was a young kid. He was like sunk into his chair and meetings and he was just like, nothing fazed him. He was just so laid back. As you said, he came up from Arsenal
0: with quite a massive reputation. Um,
5: so he had that self-belief and self-confidence.
0: Cammie Bell watched the entire game from the sidelines, but some tricky gamesmanship by Craig Gordon had him suddenly scrambling into action.
1: The penalty shoot was interesting because again, from a goalkeeping point of view, um it was interesting that there was a little bit of gamesmanship went on because we had, we had obviously looked at the penalties where, where goalkeeping coach Jim Stewart, me and Wes, had sat in the room and, and studied all the, the penalties from Celtic the, the night before. And what Jim Stewart used to do was get a water bottle and put penalty t- kick takers on it and where they used to favour to go eh, on the penalties. So it was interesting because Jim Stewart has done that with Scotland, obviously, previously. So Craig Gordon knew about this. So as soon as the first penalty got taken and Craig Gordon, walked in, and, and Craig Gordon had faced their first penalty and walked off and Wes walked in, Craig actually got Wes's water bottle and threw it away um, and threw it over to the Celtic fans. So again, Jim Stewart um, said to me, Cammy, go and get that water bottle. So I ran down and I gave it. Obviously, Wes was facing a penalty this time. So I'm running down, getting absolutely pelters off the Celtic fans, as you could imagine. Um, grabbed his water bottle and gave it back to Wes. And again, the next penalty, the same thing happened again. So it was like, automatically, as soon as I got back up, I went straight back because I was again, I was trying to help Wes because ultimately he was having a look to see where the Celtic players were going to go. So it was, um, it was a very interesting uh, little bit of gamesmanship from Craig. and I don't think Jim Stewart was uh, too happy with him after the game. But again, Craigie's trying to do what what he needs to do for them to win the win the game, but obviously. Again, I was more than willing to run up there every single time if he'd done it, to give it back to Wes because it was more important for us to win the game. And listen, it's, um, penalty was, is a lottery. We, we all, we studied, we studied the, the penalties um, the night before uh, because we knew we had the possibility of going to that.
0: With the penalties sitting at 4-3, Mikael Lustig stepped up. He scored, but Warburton was buoyed by the Ibrox fans' incredible support. If you listen to the recording of the game, the Rangers
2: fans sing really loudly. Yeah. Really loudly before Rogic. Lustig took it. But if you hear, he scores. But they're singing so loudly when he, when he walked up to it.
3: Hit or miss time. Lustig
2: scores. And on we go. And I thought it was magnificent. And then again, they sang so loud when Rogic was going up. So I'm looking at the next taker, but the noise was magnificent. Of course, where I'm standing, I I was privy to that noise raining down.
3: Tom Rogic, the man who saved Celtic with an equaliser. Will he stay a hero or become the villain here? Yes or no? Rogic!
2: And, and that's what I remember. And, and again, he blazed it over the bar. Very, very talented player. And the ball goes over the bar. Someone had to miss Johnny, but but what a reaction.
4: And the way it happened, because, I mean, it was a spectacular miss. Um, you know, he really got some height on that. And uh, and he's a good player, Rogate. Ro- he was one of the ones that, you know, you feared back then. And for him to miss it, you know, was, was spectacular. And then just bedlam. Yeah, and it was bedlam. And... Celtic, you know, their supporters should be in charge of, I think, uh, Cobra, you know, the, the, the planning thing, because their ability to evacuate thousands of people from an area quickly is unsurpassed. And, you know, they, they
2: were back in the Gallagher before that thing landed. I've never been so happy after a game of football because I knew what it meant. I knew what it meant to the big Jim Stewart, an outstanding servant of the club. Big David Weir, you can't get a better man or professional than David Weir. Uh, and I knew you know, people like that, Frank and Stan, all, all the guys. But I knew what it meant to so many. Dave Lavery, who's at the club now, what a what a, you know, the sports therapist master. What a gentleman, oh Johnny. So top top people have been through the club, the thick and thin. I knew what it meant to them, and that was uh, I reflected in my stupid grinning and, and laughing on the touchline at the end of the game.
5: It was a real emotional moment for me, especially and 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 for the rest of the team. Obviously, I'd been there at the start and we, everyone sort of took the Mickey out of us for, for being down in the leagues. And it was a long way back. And there was a lot of lot of hard times and a lot of low um, moments. Um, but that was sort of a moment where we thought, right, we're we're back here and and the club is is gonna be back. And and um we sort of owed Celtic that one as well, I thought,
0: at that time. While the management team were over the moon with the result, there was little appetite for a party.
3: It wasn't in mass celebrations. You know, it was the semi-final as well. Rangers don't celebrate winning semi-finals. Rangers celebrate winning finals and winning leagues.
0: And yet Warburton is in no doubt over the scale of the result on the day. I talk about the budget in terms of the two clubs,
2: and this is another conversation, but I talk about it and people say it's sour grapes. It's not. It's just the fact that Rangers had to give any manager or coach the financial backing. Now that day... I know for a fact that our three midfielders of Dom, Andy and Holty were on less than half of one of their midfield opponents. So less than half of his basic wage, contribute less than half. I look all over the pitch. And as I say, they were international players paid multiples of what their opponents were, of, of the Grangers players. And that's why that, that, that response, their performance that day, they deserve so much credit, Johnny, because in an industry... You know yourself, if you go up against a media opponent and he's got 10 times your budget or five times your budget, you're not going to survive against him. Uh, But that day, they answer all those questions and they deliver that performance. So for a championship team, albeit Rangers at the time, in a unique situation, coming back up through the leagues, to go toe-to-toe with the Premier League champions and the, the eventual winners of the league and play in that manner and win the game of football, it was a very, very special day. And that won't often be repeated, if ever at
0: all. The ones that could really let their hair down were the fans. Starved of success and the butt of jokes from their rivals for the best part of four years, it was suddenly their turn to lord it over Celtic at work and on social media.
1: The fans had took so much stick over the past years from Celtic fans, so it was, it was their time to enjoy it, their time to have a little bit back at Celtic. It was great that the, the players and the club could give them that, because it had been some hard years, and, and hard years that the fans had supported Rangers. So just to give them that moment of enjoyment when we were still in the league below and to give them that moment over Celtic was, was really good and special.
4: There was a, a feeling that, you know, we're no longer a joke and that was massive. And as you say, I mean, I, I my Facebook memories, you know, come up every year and I only posted one comment after that match. And I just went, I'm so happy right now. I could post, And that, that, you know in the next day going into work that's how it felt and you know people coming up to me having gone through you know that the previous few years and they're all sort of patting you in the back and um, they, they knew what it meant even if they weren't a football fan they knew what this meant to a Rangers supporter
3: you always remember the ones you win you, you remember the cup finals remember that game so it's really hard to rank them because they are all special in their own way and they're all you know they're all an occasion <clears throat> they're all an achievement they all mean a lot so It's hard to really rank them, but that was up there. Luck went our way, but we gave it everything. And, you know, so that that adds to the occasion and adds to the achievement. And obviously what had gone before in terms of the last few years as well made it a very, very special occasion for everyone involved.
0: Sadly for Rangers, this story doesn't have a fairy tale ending. A few weeks later, they would lose a last-minute goal to Hibbs, that meant the Scottish Cup ultimately ended up in Leith. It was a result that was to have far-reaching consequences and arguably Warburton's reign never truly recovered. He departed the club the following season in disputed circumstances amid a strong Celtic recovery, with them galvanised by the appointment of the messianic figure of Brendan Rodgers.
4: You know, time heals all wounds. And as we sit here in, in 2021, five years later, I think we can just appreciate it now. Time becomes moments, especially in football. Games, they exist in a world of their own. Uh, in a way, they don't always form. You don't look at the whole season when you're sitting discussing your memories. You look at that great goal and that big match. And I think that this has now got into that and it has that legendary status in it. And as I mentioned earlier, Celtic fans, unless something goes badly wrong for them, will never get the chance to equal what we did that day because they will never be in a lower division to us and they will never get the opportunity to do a giant killing in a, an old firm tie. And that opportunity will likely, hopefully, never be presented to to either side again. So they'll never be able to match us on that one. It's such a strange game because, as I say, coming out of there that day, the future looked bright. It didn't work out the way we thought it would. I still wouldn't have traded that. I still wouldn't have Rodgers' penalty going in and Nicky was hitting the
0: post. With five years of water now under the bridge, the match can be remembered as a significant achievement on Rangers' meandering journey to recovery. A remarkable victory against all the odds and the most dramatic of circumstances, it was also the first tangible sign that the rebuild of the club had truly begun. The old proverb goes, Great oaks from little acorns grow, And while the vast majority of players from that game were to depart over the years ahead, one man stayed. James Tavernier. The man who would captain Rangers to 55. The podcast documentary was written and edited by Johnny McFarlane. The first clip on the broadcast is from the BBC, while the remainder from the 2016 game are from Sky Sports.